Amen. Amen. I'm going to have you have your seats for a moment because I wanted to read a quote coming into the tonight service. Thank you, Brother Ryan. Coming into tonight's service before we stand and read the scripture, we welcome those that are on the Zoom uh, connection tonight and those that are in Cloverdale, those that are in your homes, and we have those in the chapel here at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp that are here tonight. Tonight we're going to speak on guided at Christmas 2020, and uh, it's a personal message. But when I was listening to Brother Branham speaking on in the great shining light, that was a message in December the 22nd. Uh, this really struck me, talking about guided and being guided by Him. And I thought, my, at the end of the year in December, when so many are are looking back over the year and they're looking to the next year, we're looking into 2021, what the Lord would have for your lives and for the bride of Christ. Brother Branham's asking the question, what does the star mean to us today, friend? And what are we today then? He said, we are stars. Every born again Christian is a testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ, a star to reflect the power and holiness of the Lord Jesus, to reflect him in his life, to reflect him in his speech, to reflect him in his healing power, to reflect. Uh, perfect him in his resurrection to reflect him in every way that he was reflected to us by God the Father we are stars do you feel like a star tonight (laughs) maybe you don't feel like a star by the end of the service you'll feel like a star brother Branham called you a star brother Stephen amen he said what kind of a star should you be he's talking about this great star that led the wise men It was not guided by its own power. It was guided by the celestial powers of Almighty God. And if we're ever going to reflect sinners to Christ, we've got to be guided by the Holy Spirit. If we're ever going to be a star to reflect the light of Christ, we've got to be guided by the Holy Spirit. He said, we cannot be ordinary. We have to be unusual. We cannot be usual because God's people are a peculiar people. They've been through the ages. Although peculiar, the star was brilliant. Not brilliant in world's educational, world's affair, but brilliant as sacrifice before the Lord. And he said, we prostrate ourselves as the Magi's did in the presence of the King of Kings to reflect his light. Then he goes on to say this, you're a star. Every Christian is a star to guide the lost, to guide the weary, the foot of the traveler, to those that are seeking. Then the star cannot be guided by itself. And when I was listening to this message, the great shining light, and he kept talking about guided by the Holy Ghost, guided by the Holy Ghost. Talking about us being as Christians, that we've got to be guided To help those that are weary, those that are lost, the foot of the travelers, people that are seeking. Then the star cannot be guided by itself. It must be led by the Spirit. And I thought, my, after I heard that, Brother Ernie, about three, four times, led by the Spirit, led by, guided, I thought, my, there's something there for us. Led by the Spirit. What are we to do then? To rise and shine the light of God to the dying. 
in the depth of darkness of this world, we are to reflect and shine the presence of the Lord Jesus in his resurrecting power. He is yesterday, so he is today to reflect him. Hello stars out there. Hello stars out on the internet. Amen. To know that God now has shone a great light. And he has shown it within us. And we are reflecting him. In the closing prayer of this service. Brother Branham said. Heavenly Father. I bring to you this little group of people. That thou has sent out this morning. To hear the message of the star. And how you deal with men of all walks of life. You deal with the bootlegger. You deal with the drunkard. You deal with the scientist. You deal with the housewife. You deal with the minister. You deal with the church member. You're God. You're so great that none can escape you. And those who are sincere in their heart, you show mercy to them of all nations and all beliefs. Lord, shine a great light tonight. On this Sunday night. This Sunday night before Christmas. That a true Christmas we could have this year. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and turn to Matthew chapter 2. Thankful for the word we heard this morning. And to know that God's presence and God's spirit is bringing expectations. Expectations. Hallelujah. Well, some enjoy Christmas messages. And um, some don't. But the Lord Jesus must love it because he was born. And Brother Branham as our prophet, he brought Christmas messages in December. And it was always this time of the year that he brought the truth of Christmas. So we know for the bride, we could talk all about it being pagan and what the world is doing and how they've made frolic and nonsense of it. But I believe for the believer, there's real something sacred about Christmas. That if we could just tap into it, uh, even tonight, I feel it will mean something more than maybe it's ever meant in our lives. To know at 2020 at Christmas, you're being guided by the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying... Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Can you imagine what King Herod thought when they were saying, Where is he born king of the Jews? Well, we're going to find out what happened. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where... Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet. And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor. That shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod when he had privately. Privately called the wise men. Inquired of them diligently. What time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them 
till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. These are the wise men. These are the magis when they were come into the house. So the wise men and the magis never came to Jesus in a manger. It took them two years. You talk about consecration. Tonight is a Christmas message for you and me. A lot about the Christmas story ought to challenge our level of worship. Two years. Because when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return, watch this guidance, watch this leadership of God. Because there wasn't a prophet in the land, God dealt with dreams, dealt with dreams to Joseph dealt with dreams now to the wise men being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod they departed into their own country another way and when they were departed behold the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream guided guided tonight the service is guided when you when we speak about the those around Jesus's birth they were being guided they were being led by someone that same one is leading you and I In a dream, the angel of the Lord said to Joseph, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And there was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt. Have I called my son? And you can look in verse 16. How Herod. Notice you know. You can hear the word. And you can hear how Herod was jealous from the beginning. But he's like oh go and find out where he was born. And all of this. But there's motive. There's intent. And we see in chapter 16. Herod goes out after he realized he was mocked of the wise men. He was so angry and wroth. And he slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. And all the coast from two years old and under. My, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Say, how do you know it was two years that they watched and they were going to find Jesus? Here you have it right in the Bible. That's why Herod killed all the little children. He was trying to destroy the life. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. Guided at Christmas 2020. You could say it could have been a night like tonight. You could say it was a dark night. And they had traveled through the day. They had traveled through the deserts. They had come from afar. Because the proclamation was is that you were to go. This was a proclamation from the king. And uh, those that were registered in the courts and in the temple. They were to go back to their birthplace. And Joseph was born there and I heard it in the last week or two brother Branham speaking about Mary and how she was born in Bethlehem and it just never really struck me how God could bring a couple and guide them even into their marriage and now we have them traveling on a little donkey she's very great with child 
She was a teenager. Joseph was a little older, but now it's in the evening time. And as they were coming down through the mountains just outside of Bethlehem and there was a a rock there, this expectant mother as the trail just kind of came around a certain corner there in Bethlehem. There's a Bethlehem sits in the valley and there's a mountain that goes up from Bethlehem and the road that kind of curves east of Bethlehem, but it comes down into the city. And there near the corner there in the last curve on the hill, there's some jagged rocks right there. I'm taking this from the message. And Brother Branham said it's thought that Mary and Joseph stopped there for a little breath before they went down into the city that night. And he's going back into the story about how uh, Joseph and Mary, how they were going back to Bethlehem to, uh, they were going back there because it was uh, like we heard this morning, it was a what some would say a bad time for them to be traveling. I mean, here she is, a great mother with child. They were come from many, many miles, and she's not in the back of an ambulance, but uh, and they didn't have no excuse. Well, I can't go at this time; it's not convenient. But no matter what her conditions, they had to go back to their homeland, and it wasn't comfortable. She was an expecting mother, and there was no way to go but by foot or by the back of a donkey. And so here we come now as they travel down there in this rough ride and this narrow road. Have you ever thought maybe how rugged and rough it would have been? What if that little donkey might have not have been sure-footed? What if it would have fell with this expectant mother? There were robbers in that day. There were men that uh, preyed on pilgrims and travelers that were going through the countryside, going back to their homeland. And most of them would have had money. Because they were paying their taxes, Brother Ernie. So there were robbers that were looking out for this. And, you know, small peoples. They were on camels or maybe, you know, donkeys are walking. And these riders, these robbers would ride through and slay them and take their goods. What if there would have been wild beasts? I'm just speaking tonight about being guided because I'm bringing it into Christmas 2020. And how Satan would love to destroy your life. Destroy my life. Destroy your testimony. Here you are, pregnant with the word, pregnant with the child, coming down the last mile, we would say. Coming down the last. And the robbers are out, the wild beasts. Brother Branham described them like lions and destroying wild animals roaming through the desert. And if those wild beasts would have come across a little party like Joseph and Mary. I mean, Joseph, he said, would have just had like a stick in his hand. And his wife, she couldn't hardly move. The things they had to face. Brother Branham stops right there in the story and says, but it gives us consolation to know this, that we do not hold our destiny. Can we say amen tonight? Uh, Hallelujah. Can we say amen on the Zoom? I see you just waving your hand and rejoicing. God bless you tonight. We do not hold our destiny. God holds our destiny. And Brother Branham said he has ordained it to be so. And there's nothing will ever interrupt the program of God. We are bound to arrive. He said, and there was to be no fear. Now he's talking about Mary and Joseph and how they would have approached going back there. There was no fear. Mary and Joseph, they were just common people. They weren't educated. They didn't have the way of knowing these things that were taking place right at the time was fulfilling the scriptures. And and Brother Branham said it's the same today. 
There's things that are taking place right in this day that we live in. And many of us know nothing about it. How God is moving. But oh, he said to see this dark enveloping of time. God's great hand moves steadily on. Nothing shall stop it. It brings us a lot of joy at this Christmas to know that with all the things surrounding Christmas and all of these things that, you know, Christmas to the believers is more than chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Is that true? I mean, you walk through the malls and you go to the grocery store and thank the Lord for the last few weeks. There's at least joy to the world and peace on earth being played through. It's a lot better than the rest of the year when there's all kinds of things going on. At least for a few weeks of the year, there's something being said at the grocery stores and the malls and things. But really, it's all just a fantasy to them. It's all just a fantasy. They they live in a fake world. And, and they'll go right back to the new year trying to make it as you know happy as they can going into the new year. And they want to see the death of 2020. And they hope that 2021 is somehow brighter or better. But they're not really being guided by the same thing you and I are tonight. But as we come further now into the story, we're finding what was happening with Mary and Joseph. And as he, just with his tender hands, picks up his little bride from the donkey and helps her to the ground, takes her over to sit down on a rock and said, Dear, this is the little city just below us where perhaps our little newcomer will be born. And I can imagine, he said, seeing stars twinkle. It's nighttime. Twinkle a little bit and then brighten up as they're set looking over Bethlehem to their east of them. And they're sitting there wondering as they gazed into the stars. Hundreds of miles east of there, there was another scene developing. Now we're coming down to our thought tonight. How God could be guiding a teenager. An angel appearing to her saying, oh that which is born in you is of the Holy Ghost. Imagine, incredible, an angel interrupting your day, maybe shaking up your life, a teenager receiving, Joseph receiving, and now they're sitting on these rocks and the, and the, and the stars are twinkling, not knowing hundreds of miles east of there, there was another scene developing, the magis, the wise men were seeing a star from the east, they were seeing a star, and it started to guide them Brother Daniel, for two years to the little boy. And he said, you know, God works in his universe. He makes things take place in one country where he's making it shape up to meet another in another. There we see way in the east, we're told by many historians that these fellas, the magis, uh, they're called astronomers and things. How they were watching and looking in the nighttime and they saw a great.
A guide has experience. And he's trained. That's in the natural. You say, well, what's guiding you tonight? Or who is guiding you? It means that they've had experience. Most of the time, it means they've been there. They've done that. They've walked down that pathway. They've been down through that valley of decision. They know what happens to men and women when they get on their own. So the great guide, the Holy Spirit, he knows the way. Let's not be so short-sighted tonight that think that the Christmas that the world is celebrating uh, is all that there is to Christmas. And even believers can kind of put a block wall up there and say, oh, it's all peg and it's all bad. And they kind of just say, you know, oh, I'm glad we got it some days off of school and work now. We can, you know, do. But no, for the believer, Christmas is more than sleigh bells and trees and lights. It's more than just Christmas carols sung for a few days of the year. I'm speaking about four believers that are thirsty and hungry for guiding. It's more than just snowmen. It's more than just Santa Claus. It's more than elves and just the Grinch. You know, the Grinch of Christmas. It's more than snow. It's more than just coats and sweaters and snuggling up with our coffee or our hot chocolate by, a, you know, chestnuts roasting and by an open fire. Whether you're alone or whether you're a family, Christmas this year is more than just presents and exchanging gifts and new things and Visa and MasterCard and discovery. For the believer, it is all about Christ. It is all about receiving more of Him and living for Christ. That's our, that's our goal. That's our aim. And we want to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to another scripture tonight in Luke chapter 2. So many of you will be reading these scriptures throughout this week. We encourage you to read to your children. Read as a family. If you're alone or with a, a couple, read the Bible. Read about things that are present. This is Christmas 2020. Aren't you so happy on a Sunday night? We have more than alcohol to turn to. We have more than cigarettes. We have more than drugs. We're not looking for a bug pump up and, you know, some event this year. We're looking for Christ to come within our own lives and make this more real. Let's not just look back as Christmas being 2,000 years ago. What is it this week for us? In Luke chapter 2, we see this again. In this time of Caesar Augustus in verse 1, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed. This is Luke 2 verse 3. Everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary his espoused wife or engaged wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. 
My, you could take a whole service and speak about no room in the end, no room for Jesus. No room for the Messiah. No room for the opening of the word. People don't have time. They lose interest. They, they lose their love. They lose their passion. Things that used to be so uh, f- uh, fresh and new just seems to be lost in the hustle and bustle and the busyness of people's schedule. And I pray that never happened to any of you tonight. Lord, help us tonight. Put love back into this Christmas for us. Uh, forgive me, but I was even thinking of this service tonight. That if people actually believed the Holy Spirit was going to move, the Holy Spirit was going to speak, the Holy Spirit was going to heal, the Holy Spirit was going to deliver, this place would be packed out full of people. The deacons would be stopping people. They'd be putting people out under some tree somewhere. They'd say, we're over the numbers. They'd be saying, what can we do? If people, I'm talking about believers now, actually believe the Holy Ghost was moving on this mountain. They'd lay aside all their excuses. They wouldn't care who the preacher was. They wouldn't care the song leader or what songs or no songs were saying. If they actually believed in the course of this night, God was going to come down and visit their families, you wouldn't be able to stop them. Satan has come in. The devil has come in and robbed people of their Christmas present. He has robbed them of seeing Christ. And opening up a gift. And even if they didn't get nothing, Brother Derek, they just came and sat in a room where some of our family was. And they saw gifts being opened up. And someone sang or someone said amen. Or someone that I know used to be in the world. And now they're loving God and they're worshiping. What an open gift. And you could just see them sitting over there just kind of chuckling and smiling, Sister Janelle. If they actually believed that, they would be here tonight. But we become so selfish. We, we become spectators. We, we become people that are just willing to do what the world is trying to force us to do. Just do a Zoom. You know, just do a, a video. You know, just do, you know, our families are getting together this year a lot by video or by Zooming. You know, you can't get across the border. You can't see one another the way. And so Satan is now squishing it in and squishing it in and squishing it in. If we're not careful, Satan wants to squish all the love out of our hearts. Where you lose the feeling for God's people. Where we lose respect for one another. Where we lose the the real godly brotherly kindness. And the quotes where Brother Branham said, every time the doors are open, you ought to be there. Hallelujah. Well, we say we're we're following the guidelines and we're shut down in Canada. We can't come. That's actually exactly true. That's what they've done on that side of the border. And God help, help them go to their homes tonight then. Fill up their homes with the power of the Holy Ghost where teenagers are sitting on Zoom. Little children are looking and observing. God help us as a church to present Christ to one another at this time. Not just laid back and casual, but going on the offense. Going out there where God can move and have his ways. Just delete that brother Michael off the video if that was out of order. All right, so we see in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, we could take a whole service and speak on no room. No room in the inn. No time for Christ. Say, Brother John, I'm too busy. Or things have come into my life that 
I don't have a desire for the word. I don't have a desire to pray the way I should. I don't have a desire. And we find there's no room. No room. Can we go back to chapter 1? I wanted to bring a few more believers into the story in Luke chapter 1 verse 5. I'm going to bring in Zechariah and Elizabeth. All of the believers I'm speaking about tonight, Mary, Joseph, the wise men, the shepherds, Zechariah, Elizabeth, Simeon, and Anna, they were all guided by the Holy Ghost. All the believers surrounding Christmas and the birth, they were being guided, they were being led. Then how much more tonight there ought to be an inquestionable desire, a hunger to be guided by Him. Luke chapter 1 verse 5, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. Of the course of Abiah, his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. This is going back to this morning, Brother Tom speaking about uh, uh, Simon, Simeon. And how he was just. We're going to get to him in just a moment. But the Bible says in verse 6. They were both righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. Blameless. In other words. You couldn't put a finger on their life. This is who. The ones that are put into the Christmas scene. Zechariah and Elizabeth. Verse 7. And they had no child. Because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken. In years, and we see down through the story, you can see in verse 11 that the angel of the Lord appeared unto Zechariah while he was standing by the side of the altar. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. God wants to speak to believers that will receive his word. Look in verse 19. When Zechariah asked the question, where shall I know this? I'm an old man and my wife is well stricken in years. Verse 19, the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel. And stand that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And he goes on to speak to Zechariah in verse 26. In the sixth month, this is the sixth month now, Elizabeth does get pregnant. God does fulfill his word. God does guide a seed down through. Because that's how God deals with the elect is by the Holy Spirit. Verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. And we're going back to Mary. To a virgin espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, or salute, I salute you. Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this she should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. How many would like that to be your testimony? This Christmas, God is not ashamed to visit your house with spiritual angels. 
that can give you a message, give you a word that would be thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Say, how do you do that? Turn on a message. How do you know God's will for your life? Believe the word of God. Submit yourself with a humble spirit to receive the words of a prophet. Friends, we have no excuse today. Verse 31, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. I wonder if we can all say Jesus. Jesus. You on the Zoom, can you say Jesus? Hallelujah, Brother Daniel, Sister Natuzzi, God bless you. His name is Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. My, 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 my. Verse 34, Mary said unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I've never been with a man. I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. How is this going to be? The angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Oh, praise the Lord. This is the Christmas story. This is the Christmas season. This is the attitude of believers when they hear the word. They're not fighting and resisting and being opposite. But it's always to those that are humble. Those that will receive the word of God. Mary, she's, she asked a question. How is this going to be? But it wasn't in the same way others would ask a question. And just kind of challenging. But how is this going to be? And the answer came. It's going to come by the Holy Ghost. I like verse 36. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. We, we just read about Zechariah and Elizabeth. I was thinking about verse 36. And I was thinking about how true believers. How they're together in fellowship. And how their spirit just seems to move amongst friends that love the Lord. He didn't go to a rebel. He didn't go to a... A young lady that was just going to throw it off. He comes to those that are willing. That are recognizing that they might not understand. But they're ready for the word to be fulfilled. I read verse 36 brother Martin. About how thy cousin Elizabeth. She hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her. Who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Oh my, what a word of a response of a teenager. Back to the Lord. Lord, whatever you want in my life, guide me, Lord. I want the Holy Ghost to overshadow me. If you look in verse 39, Mary rose up in those days and went into the hill country with haste. And entered into the house of Zechariah and saluted Elizabeth. See, they were friends. They had a relationship. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary. Watch this. A teenager can encourage an elder. She's... Elizabeth, is. she was barren, she was elder, Zechariah was just in the end of his ministry, but watch the relationship. I, I just think this is fantastic. Amen. How you can have an elder generation and a younger generation, and their, their level of relationship is the word of God. 
So when God is moving in the elders, it's a miracle. When God is working with the youngers, they're saying, be it unto me according to thy word. Are we listening tonight? Watch what happens when the word is being spoken. When Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the the babe, this is John the Baptist. The babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise be to God. I wouldn't want to miss one Holy Ghost filled meeting I could be a part of. In fact, I say, God, give us more Holy Ghost filled meetings. Where we can talk about the word, talk about what God is doing today. And the Holy Ghost just begins to fall on the people. Healing just begins to happen. Deliverance just begins to happen. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that good, Sister Lisa? And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. She didn't chastise Mary for being out of her place. And you just saw a fake dream or a fake... You didn't see no angel. What are you seeing things? No. She, there was a connection. There was a, there was a connection that this was of a God. Whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord... Wow. She got a fast revelation. Whatever's in Mary is of the Holy Ghost. She's talking back to Mary. It's the mother of my Lord should come to me. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed is she. I I wrote this down. This will probably be another future service somewhere. Blessed is she that believed. Blessed is the bride that believes. Blessed are you tonight that would believe the message of Christmas 2020 and be guided by the Holy Ghost. You're a blessed people. And it ought to bring a sense of joy, a sense of happiness. Brother Branham talked about John had been laying dead in the womb and at the very name of Jesus, he came alive. Hallelujah. John was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. That's another scripture in the Bible. Not only was John filled, but Elizabeth, the mother, was filled with the Holy Ghost. I tell you what, friends, we live in a world of hate, animosity, evil all around us. Lord, put me around people that whenever they talk, something good happens. Hallelujah. Put me around brothers and sisters that whenever they're talking and speaking about things, there's salutations. There's life coming out. There's promises being spoken. Do you want family like that? Do you want believers like that? I know I do. Let's come back to now to tonight. Let's come back to Sunday night. In December 2020. Christmas is Friday. This coming Friday. Brother Branham talked about appropriate gifts. And God's gifts always find their places. He talked about appropriate gifts. There are gifts that are given that are appropriate. There's gifts that are given that are not appropriate. You say that does not match the person if I would want to give Brother Ernie Villanueva 
uh, a gift. I have a gift at my house for Brother Ernie, but it's not a rock and roll CD. You know, Brother, Brother Ernie, I got this Elvis Presley singing Christmas carols from years ago, and I'm going to give that to Brother Ernie. Do you all think that would be appropriate? Brother Ernie would probably say, Brother John, you have lost your mind. He probably would. That's not appropriate. If I wanted to give Sister Charity Weimer a present and a gift from my heart, I want to give her an appropriate gift, something that I would know she would appreciate. I don't think I would go and buy her a carton of cigarettes. That would not be appropriate. Sister Charity would probably throw it in the nearest trash can or, you know, probably send it to Brother Tom. Probably send a photo and to everyone and say, look at what Brother John gave me. He's lost his mind. I wouldn't blame you, Sister Charity. I would have lost my mind. It's not appropriate. But if I would say I want to give, say, uh, Brother David Paris, just able to cross the border this week and be with him in BCA devotions this last week. It was so wonderful. My, it was so great to see some of the ones, Brother Preston and Josiah and Ellie and, and David there. Just so wonderful. It's amazing. And I wanted to give Brother David a present. I wouldn't bring him a bottle of wine. I wouldn't bring him a bottle of vodka. I got this and I'm going to give you a present. That'd be totally inappropriate. I think his dad would agree. And sisters and 16 year old sister. I think she'd say, Brother John, we don't do that in our house. I want to give sister and a sweet 16 present. She just had her birthday. I'm going to give her a present. I would give her out. It'd be horrible. It's not appropriate. You want to give something that's, we, we can give her a new Bible or. Give her a mess. Let's give her 1963 to 65 messages of Brother Branham. I think that would be a really nice. That would be appropriate. And we say, oh, Brother John, we, we, we understand. But what about this Christmas? What are we giving to Christ? Not a baby in a manger. Not a little child that three wise men are giving gold, frankincense, and myrrh to. That was appropriate for him then. But what about this year? What are we giving? Is this okay to speak like this? You say, that's not appropriate, or that's not a good gift, or, but our lives are reflecting what we think of Him. I, I heard that these last couple weeks. Out of God's gifts always find their place, as Sister Clara. And I heard Brother Branham talking about the Magi's that watched the gifts that they brought Him, identified what they thought He was. The gift they gave of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, deity, in service to die. The very thing that they brought identified what they thought he was. And Brother Branham said, and this just smote me. I say that to us today, he said. The things that we bring to him identifies what our thoughts is about him. He said, you understand what I mean? He's talking about the gifts, our lives, our attitude, our conduct. After receiving the message, after receiving from the angel, our lives is showing what we think of him. However a person responds to the word is really what's in their heart. That's why a real believer that has the Holy Ghost 
When something's wrong in their life and they realize they've been guided off path and the Lord's trying to steer them back, show them the way, they're quick to repent. They're quick to say, I'm sorry. Because they want to be steered. They want to be guided in the right direction. The very thing that we are bringing to Him this week with our time, with our families, with our church is showing what we think of Him. Brother Branham talks about a gift and how you are identified by your gift. He talks about the housewife being so sweet and humble where she's able to lead others to Him. That's amazing. Where someone else can see our our sisters and be guided to Christ. Not guided to fear, confusion, discontent, everything's wrong, but guided to Christ. It's like whatever is going on in her life, God keeps her sweet and humble. She's able to lead others to Christ because the gift, he said, that you give her, that feminine little ladylike, she's so ladylike, till the neighbors will see her and want to be like her. Brothers, don't let it get too warm in here. It's a little warm in here, I think. Some are nodding off a little bit. and Maybe we need to close. Well, you need to preach brother, bro, better, Brother John, so we don't nod off. I say amen to that. God help Brother John to preach better. Amen? amen? No? Want us to preach worse? You don't want us to preach. Amen. No. We all have a gift. Every single one of you have a gift. Every single person on the Zoom has a gift. In Cloverdale, every person that's in the church... That's helping us have this service and broadcasting it now to the world. They're watching your attitude about Christmas. They're observing your conduct. They're they're seeing how are the young people doing. So they see on Zoom or they hear the singing or they hear the preaching about housewives. What's our attitude about our housewives when we speak to one another, even across the pulpit? Is it with respect? Is it is it to encourage? Brother Branham talked about the shop worker. He said, make the man the shop worker, whoever he is, Lord, make him a humble life like Christ. That others, he's ta- we're talking about guided and being guided tonight. That others might see. Say, what do they see? They see Christ. He, he made an amazing statement here. He said, we'll lean backwards. We'll lean forwards. We'll reach way out anywhere to get a soul. Put that within our reach, Lord, we pray. And give us the life that would cause people to want to live like that. And we consecrate ourselves to you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. I wonder if we can do that tonight. Consecrate ourselves to Christ. For this Christmas 2020, when Brother Bradham said Christmas is mainly children. They look forward to that nowadays. But really, it should be adults. It should be teaching their children what Christmas is. Then he said three things, what Christmas is. Christmas is worship. Christmas is a day of consecration. Christmas is every day living in the presence of the King. So people ought to see our lives as a worship to God. We love the Lord. It ought to be a day of consecration. 
And I really felt on my heart to say this tonight. Don't let this opportunity pass by this week and not bring Christmas truly to your family that it's a time of consecration. It's not just running around and lights and this and that. It's not always just saying how bad the world is and how the bad the virus is getting. But it's pointing to Christ. It's pointing to the star. Christmas is not about the virus and that we all have to be home this year. Christmas is still about Christ. And there wasn't a lot of people in the stable. In fact, the church people would have rejected it. The priests would have rejected it. People that had all the message down pat would have rejected it. Why it had to be shepherds is a glorious message. Let's turn to that, Luke, tonight. So that we catch that in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. I'm looking at my time here. We just got a few more minutes. We wish we had more time to express our love for one another. I think it would do us all really good. In fact, tonight, Brother John had it passed through my mind that I wanted to get every person here a gift. And, you know, it passed through my mind. I would just, we'll get something. And every person that came to this service, you can have a gift. And then those on the Zoom, I guess that would have been hard to do. And those that are streaming from your home, it would have been hard to do. But it at least was in my heart. I said, we'll just buy something, a small little something for every person that came to the chapel. Brother Branham uh, at the Branham Tabernacle, they would give little gifts and give little things of candy. I was born and raised there, so they kept on that. They would give them a little orange or give them some candy. Give them a little gift, a little love for the children. Let the children know that we're not all, all anti and against. Here's a little something. And they would give little baskets of, of food and things for the widows or for people in the church that were poor. They would just leave it on their front porch and, and, and you know, and... You know, people around this time of the year, we need to express love. Yes. And we, you can be quiet all you want to. We still need to express love. Yeah. It's good. I mean, talk to my son tonight. He remembers years ago opening up our front door and somebody had left a bunch of food on our front door, Brother Derek, a bunch of food, boxes, and, and, and they, you know, they didn't and text and call. They just left. And here you open the door and there's a bunch of goodies. It was in our time of need. Didn't have a lot at that time. And it stays in a person's heart. One year, Brother Tom mentioned about, excuse me for being so open tonight. We're going to read here in Luke. But uh, one year, our, our family kind of exchanges gifts usually. This year is a little different. Because of the border and all these things. And so we exchange gifts between, so we don't have to buy everybody something. We'll just get so, you know, one person that, and so one year we just decided, no, we're not going to do that. We're putting all the money that we would have given gifts for one another and we're going to help out a family in the church that was needy. A family in the church that, I think, was it a broken home? At the time, I'm not for sure. It became, it was in a hard time. And that's what we did. We, we put our money towards some food and gifts and things for their family. They had children. And we just 
drove up to their house, left it up. Did we talk to them? We did. Okay, so we did talk to them. Did we sing to them? <laughs> You're not even allowed to sing anymore. We, we don't want you to sing. We don't want you to go to nobody's house. Okay, whatever. So Brother Daniel says, okay, we're going to go and just talk to them at their house or their porch or something. God bless you, Brother Daniel and Sister Tash. It's incredible. You say, you can't do that. You can't do that. All the things that you would desire to do to express your love, it just seems like no, no, no. And you can hear no, no, no. You just get frustrated. You just get upset. And some people just do things that they shouldn't do. Amen. <laughs> so that, that year... We just all gave our, I'm, I'm giving this for a reason. We, we all gave the money that we would have given for gifts for ourselves and our family, for another family in the church. And you know what? That was one of the happiest years. Because it wasn't for ourselves, it was for others. And when you do something for others, it's good for you. Maybe this week you could think about it and do something for others. This year is a tough year for Brother John. My family knows we love to have people that are single over, the elderly, people have broken homes. We love to have them to our house. We love to have them over. We have, come over, fellowship, let's have a meal, have some good time singing. This year is going to be different. It's going to be different, Brother Steve. But maybe God will lay something on your heart and guide you to help somebody, a little child, a sister, a brother, somebody that's struggling. And it could be a great year for you. And you look back and you say, well, it was because I felt guided by the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 2 verse 8. We've talked about Mary. We've talked about Joseph. Zechariah. Elizabeth. And there was in the same country shepherds. Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. It's amazing how God deals with his children at that night time. Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. Oh, God. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, here it is, Luke chapter 2, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. The Messiah! This Jesus, this Emmanuel, he's going to be the savior of the world. Right. How was he born? Oh, I'd like to know all about it. I bet he was born in a great place and there was trumpets and there was blue this and streamers. I bet the, you know, the, the social media of their day, whatever it was, do, 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 whatever. They're just, everybody knew and they're so happy. It's the Messiah. It's the, it's the Christ. Right. That's what Hollywood would have it. The choirs, the lights, they would have everything going big and fancy like they do. And here you have the greatest announcement that had ever been. Stinking shepherds. Stinky. 
I don't know what their sandals were like. I don't know what kind of stags they had. I don't know, you know, if they call a certain brother a black sheep of the family. And they're always nasty. And maybe he was the one right there. And there's angels appearing. And they're looking around their mouths. Incredible. And suddenly, verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. They weren't cursing and swearing and talking about the latest horrible. It was glory to God. Saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Good will toward men. It's always a message from God comes with peace. Not always troubled. If you want to know the will of God for your life. It's not always troubling and upsetting and frustrating. And you just feel double minded and you're going into this. You know friends there's got to be a guidance where the Holy Spirit confirms his word. That's how God deals with his children. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. That the shepherds said one to another. Let us go even unto Bethlehem. And see this thing which has come to pass. Which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And two thousand of their friends. Is that what the Bible says? Mary and Joseph. Amen. Our our sister Childers there came to us in the back last week and gave her little offering of Canadian change. Just gave me a whole handful of Canadian change. Brother Derek, you was a witness to that. And I put it in an envelope and took it to the office. Just a Canadian handful of change. You know, God saw that. Jesus saw that. That that was her present. That was what she had to give. She could have bought a little something for her room. She could have bought a little half dolly or something. Not a full dolly. (laughs) I went into a business this last week on Friday to get my daughter-in-law a present. And the lady said, oh, there's only 2.5 people allowed in here. There's only 2.5 people allowed in this business. I said, what are you supposed to do with the other half? You know, the top, the bottom is like only two and a half people, brother Michael, are allowed in this business. So they said, well, we had another person go over here and there. People shuffle. How do you get 2.5 people? (laughs) You know, the legalists would say, well, we're only going to have two then. And the other brother would say, we're going to have three. And we're talking about the same thing, two and a half. And one says, it's two, brother. And the other says, it's three, brother. It's the same thing. No, it's not the same. And then you have, it's like, okay, I'm leaving. (laughs) I got my thing and I left. And she's happy and I'm happy. It's just a gift. It's a present. It wasn't a Christmas present. It was her birthday. And they're saying, glory to God. Hallelujah. They're saying, with haste, Brother Ellie. It's not like, what do you all think about that? Do we need to Google this? Is this true? You know, what do you all think? Tomorrow's fine, right? Sister Sherry, it's nothing to get all. They'll be there tomorrow. No, something strikes a believer when God talks to you. You've got to tell somebody. Let's get up and go. Well, who's going to take care of the sheep? I don't care. The Messiah's being born. Right. Does anybody know what happened to their sheep? 
Brother Tom, you fit. Everything is fine, see? Brother Tom said it. It's everything's fine. The main thing is why it had to be shepherds is because God knew shepherds would receive it. Are you a person God can talk to and you'll receive it? Guided at Christmas 2020. We've talked about Mary. We've talked about Joseph. We've talked about the wise men that traveled for two years that were guided by a star. And I don't know what kind of jobs they had and who they were married to or what their families thought, but they were gone. Two weeks, a month, two months, three months, four, five, a year, year. I mean, how long are you all going to go? I mean, how long are you going to be faithful? How long are you going to keep following and guided by this star until we get there? Amen. And by the way, that's when they found him. They had to go back. And not everybody liked them. Herod wanted to kill him. And he killed all the children two, two years old and under. I mean, not everyone is going to embrace God's will for your life and be so happy. But you have got to be guided. You've got to know that you know that you know. So we've talked about the shepherds now. And in all of these, Zachariah and Simeon and brother Tom talked about in Luke chapter 2 verse 25. I had it in my notes too, Brother Tom, speaking about Simeon and how he was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, verse 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. How can all these people be people that are for it? They're going to be faithful. They're going to follow. Where is all the ones that are killing, destroying, against, opposing? God wants to find a people that can be guided steered, directed, that will say, Lord, be guide of my life. Simeon was a believer. That's why in verse 27, he came by the Spirit. He came by the Spirit. Verse 36 will be our last person that we speak about tonight. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. There was a sister called Anna in the Bible. She was a prophetess. And if you look down through her lineage and she was of a certain tribe, she was a great age. And she had been with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four, I think that's 84 years old. 84 years. She was an elder in the message. She wasn't hanging around a pub. She was around the church. She was around the believers. She wanted to be there. You know, believers love the presence of God. They just can't get enough of it. If I just get a little bit of, just a word, Brother Ruan. Just a little crumb. Just call me a dog, but at least I'll get a crumb. That falls, maybe, maybe the minister will say something. I'll grab a hold of that. Oh, you're nothing but a dog. You're just a, get, you know, you're, well, just let me sit around the master. He's my master. You remember that in the Bible? 
Look at Anna though. She was 84 years old and she departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in and that instant, that instant, how was it that time? Gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. That was back then. And all these believers we've talked about tonight had a certain quality. They were able to be guided. They were sensitive. They were watching. They were looking. I don't think it's no different than every single person that's in this room. Every person that's on Zoom or streaming, you're, you're on a Sunday night. You have a lot of other things we could be doing. But Lord, we want to be guided. So in conclusion, as Brother Ryan would come. And this is for the Zoom audience also and those that are streaming. Don't want you to miss this. And to us that are in this chapel. Those of you in your homes, who is leading you? This Christmas, 2020, like no other Christmas, who is leading you? Or could I say, what are you being guided by? What's guiding your life? What's steering your ship? What is really pushing you in your life? Who is your guide? What is guiding you in 2020 now as it's December the 20th and we're coming into a new year, 2021. We're reaching now into another year. I mean, last year, this time, we were, we would have never thought, never thought we would be with these restrictions and with these things. I mean, this Christmas, you, there's just not a lot and you just feel so, and here we are and we're, we're moving into 2021. I'm not just talking about uh, naturally, I'm speaking spiritually how we, you can get into such a kind of pressed into a corner or pressed into a situation. And the Lord's just given you a moment to step back. Yeah. Speaking of leadership in December and the guide of our lives. You can just play something, Brother Ryan. But I, I, I went back and looked at the month of December. Brother Branham, the messages he spoke in December. It's, a, it's actually incredible. Seem to be a lot of questions on the people's minds. Where is he, king of the Jews? Christmas. Why little Bethlehem? Christmas. Who do you say that this is? Christmas. After the seals again, why was it Bethlehem? Why a little place that was a Bethlehem? Why? Why it had to be shepherds? Why did Brother Branham seem to minister these messages? And if you look back in 1959, what is the Holy Ghost? It was a, what is the Holy Ghost? He's preaching this in December in his home church. What was the Holy Ghost given for? Then he had questions and answers on the Holy Ghost. It's like at the end of the year, people are pondering. People, why is it this? And we look there and there's questions, but don't forget the answers. Questions and answers on the Holy Ghost. Why it had to be shepherds. He gave the answer. Yes. Where is he born king of the Jews? He gave the answer. 
Why does it have to be Bethlehem? Because that's the place. Where he said, where is some freshness? Where's some fresh water? Is there anybody that would like to give a fresh gift this Christmas back to him? And we hear a prophet scream out, who would come and stand with me and bring Jesus a fresh drink? So as we bow our heads tonight, this is for the Zoom audience and the streaming too. In December 2020, let Jesus Christ guide your life he wants to guide you this Christmas oh for the joy that lays before you oh for the satisfaction that will meet the believer's heart when you say yes oh for the peace that would pass all understanding that the world cannot give you can have it this year You can have joys. When you walk into the mall tomorrow or a place of business and they're playing joy to the world, just maybe stop and say, the world is missing the joy. They've rejected Christ. Maybe just pause a little bit and say, God, I want that joy in my life. Restore unto me. Maybe some need to stop tonight and say, Jesus, I really want a Christmas this year. I want to find you. And if you'd say, Lord, what kind of gift do you really want from the believers, from the bride around the world this Christmas? Do you want us just to shun the day? Do you just want to teach our children it's all pagan? Do you just want to say it's a Catholic holiday? Or do you want us to take the opportunity for us to consecrate ourselves and give of ourselves? I think it'd just be fantastic. I think it would be appropriate for this week for us to genuinely say, Maybe it's on your knees. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe it's as you're just doing the dishes. or Maybe it's just in the few days of work you have. You could say, Jesus, I want to be guided by you. Take my little gift that you've put in my life. Am I shining, Lord? When others, even in the... In, in the assembly, even believers, even my family, are they seeing Jesus in my life? Friends, if we can't even convert one another, how do we expect someone in the world to want what we've got? I find it very strange when even amongst believers, they cannot have this Holy Spirit and there be some level of connection. Are we losing that today? Are we losing the sensitivity? Is everything back to where it's just carnal? And I think it's two and I think it's three and there's no way to even meet or agree. Or is there a Holy Spirit that can just settle in our hearts and just say, brother, that's okay. I would say tonight, Let's get Christ back into Christmas. 
just let the world have their parties and their visa bills and their MasterCard. And I'm not discounting gifts and presents. Don't take me wrong. But make sure there's love part of it. Oh, friends, don't miss the love part. Are we going to let Friday go by? And it just be food and loneliness for some and hastiness for others and just binging on this. And No, I don't believe it's going to be that way. I believe sons and daughters of God are under expectation. God, make this more real to us, Lord. Make it so real for our children. And Lord, I I wrote this in my notes this morning when Brother Tom said that about a religious spirit. I believe God hates that. But, But I believe real believers say, God, if there's a religious spirit on me, I don't want that, God. Just religious outwardly. Just trying to put a front out there. God, take it away from us this Christmas. If you got to bring it back to humility and simplicity again, where it's. I believe this Christmas could be one of the greatest Christmas you've ever had. 2020. Because the guide is back, the guiding force. The real meaning of the season, the spirit of the season is. Heavenly Father, we just love you. We appreciate you, Jesus. Oh, great Father, that would come down and be a little baby. Be a little baby in a manger. I looked into the face of a baby yesterday, just looked. Is this how it was? Jesus, the Messiah. A little baby. Just a little baby. A little child. I thought, oh God. Help us, Lord. Don't never let us get too old and too thorny and too stuck in our ways. And too, you know, we've been through so many Christmases. It just, we lose the feeling. We lose the freshness. We lose the love. We lose the spirit. Don't let it be that way, God. We've heard messages. I will restore. We've heard messages on expectation. Over this past year, we have heard messages to encourage us. And now tonight, guided. Guide us, Lord. Great shepherd of the flock, lead your people onward. Our last Sunday night of the year. No Wednesday night service here Sunday and then it'll be watch night service. Father, give us the same response that the shepherds did. Glory to God in the highest with joy and with haste and happiness. Give us the spirit of these believers that we read about tonight. And Lord... Forgive us of our sins. 
Forgive us of our iniquities. Take our transgressions deep down in the sea of forgetfulness. And may we live a life worthy of the gospel. Take us under your wings. Take us under your presence. Take us under your perfect will for our lives. It's too late to be a Jonah now. Let us find our place. The door would open and we would be able to walk out into your perfect will. Whether it be a smile of approval, the acknowledgement of your presence. Well done. Well done. God bless your people tonight, Lord, on Zoom. Many of those in our assembly are connected by Zoom tonight. Those on the internet, those on the streaming, those out out across the lands, those within this chapel, those within Cloverdale Bible Way there in Canada. We say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder if we can stand tonight and say thank you, Jesus. All of us here, thank you, Jesus. You in your homes, you on the Zoom, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder what would be our response at the manger. What would be our response of the shepherds? Glory to God in the highest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.